This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end Travis Tannehill and former Wildcat safety Monte Spiller. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. I am Travis Tannehill, Monty Spiller on the line. How you doing, Monty? I'm good, man. How are you doing, brother? Oh, we're doing all right. We were just talking off air. It's been a long year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's been a long season, long year, everything, man. Yeah. Yep. Long season, long year. We're... uh... I got to imagine, I mean, I've been a part of some long seasons. These guys kind of just got to be ready to, I mean, as much as you love playing the game, seasons like this wear on you. I mean, any season wears on you. The season's long, the season's painful. Um, I got to imagine these guys just have been through a lot and they're tired and and it's going to take a lot of extra, a little extra oomph to get them through this last week against Texas. What was your, like, longest season? Did you ever have just a horrible – not a horrible, the season hasn't been horrible, but it's just been a long year and a long season. Any seasons come to your memory where it's just kind of been a a slow, long drag? You know, as as a player, I've been fortunate that I didn't have any really bad seasons. You know, as a coach, you know, when I was coaching college ball out at Fort Hayes Day, uh, we were competitive – uh, in most of our games and everything, but there were some games where we just could not uh, seem to get a win. And it got better, but it was just one of those things where you, you compete, you compete, and you come so close to getting that victory, and then you don't. And then you're back to the same thing that next morning, watching film of the game and then watching film of your next opponent. And you're thinking, you know, is it going to get better? <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay, nature has to get better. So, yeah, that, that's the most recent I can think of. But outside of that, I understand what the team's probably feeling. Yeah, I didn't know you coached out in Fort Hayes. What, what years was that? Oh, uh, shoot, you would ask. Probably um, 2000-ish. I can't remember. I have to, I have to Google it myself. I'm getting old, man. Right, I can't remember. Good. And I was a secondary coach out there for two years. So, nice. yeah. That's cool. Nice little uh, yeah. notch on the old resume. But, uh, but yeah, so K-State, Baylor, 31-32 heartbreaker. Um, first off, would you prefer a blowout against Iowa State where we don't even have to watch the second half as a fan or a tight ball game like this where you get your heart broken in the last final seconds? You know, the tie ball game, this most recent game, is one of those things where, you know, there was always hope. You know, against Iowa State, I was kind of like, man, ain't no way we coming back from this game. But with this past weekend's game, we had hope. And, it, you know, to the last minute, obviously, we had a chance. And it's one of those things where it gives you something to, to reach for and something to hope for. And then you get your heart broken. It's one of those situations where you just kind of deal with it. And I'm not saying I expected it to end that way, but I'm not surprised it ended that way. Because, you know, with K-State this year, it's kind of one of those things. Either the team shows up and then shocks everybody and 
plays phenomenal or it's kind of like, all right, here we go again. So, yeah, I would say I'd rather have this weekend game than the blowout uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago against Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, that's what m- my sentiment as well. I, I heard some fans talking. They're like, man, I'd rather just get blown out than I don't get my, my heart broken. It's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's football. We're, we're here to be entertained. And a blowout is not entertaining for either fan base. So no. uh, a 31-32 down-to-the-wire game is at least entertaining. There were highs and lows on both sides. It was exciting. Um, honestly, I thought both teams played, you know, really hard, uh, So, which is always good to see. You know, the effort was there on both sides. The execution, maybe not so much on both sides. I'm sure both those coaches went back to, to watch the film and saw plenty of errors on both sides where if either team uh, just takes care, of their, takes care of their jobs and their assignments, then uh, I think either team would have felt like they should have won that game by at least 10, if not, uh, you know, 17 points. Uh, but oh, oh, overall, obviously, you know, nail uh, nail biters are, are exciting ball games. But what do you think overall of the game? Um, you know, just offensive performance, defensive performance. Uh, what do you think overall? It was, you know, you and I, we, we are familiar with K-State football, so we understand a lot of the guys that were playing in the game Saturday are going into the season – if, if things go well, a lot of those guys don't see the field at all. So you got a lot of guys playing on both sides of the ball, the offensive line, secondary, linebackers, you name it. The only consistent, I would say, that are playing that I expected to play is the D-line. You know, those guys have been doing their job. They're, a lot of them have preseason accolades, and uh, they've been holding up their end of the bargain week in and week out. But if you look at the linebackers, most of those guys were second-team guys, third-team guys. You look at the secondary uh, outside of A.J. Parker, you got guys I had to literally go and find out who n- names were uh, because I couldn't recognize the numbers, you know. And and considering the situation that we were in and that we're in, they played well overall. It was sloppy at times, um, penalties, you know. And, and honestly, I never, I'm not one to blame an official for a game, and I won't do it, but it's probably one of the most sloppy games by players and officiating that I've seen in a long time. It was very inconsistent, a lot of missed calls. Um, I, I, it was just sloppy football. You know, it played hard, don't get me wrong, but it was not technique sound, uh, assignment sound football for a large majority of the game, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I would agree. And a lot of the yeah, the refs, man, they – there was a couple – I'm like, what are they doing? Like, both ways, too. I mean, the spots seemed off. Um, yeah. It's like a fair catch where they like clearly called for a fair catch and like they let the guy run and we're like yeah, super, and yeah. like we're super confused when the K State players didn't tackle him <laughs> and it's like it was only five yards it wasn't the end of the world but it's like and and, I, and it's just like just like they just look dazed and confused and like they weren't ready to officiate either so um, <laughs> yeah the outcome of the game I don't know what would have uh, if, if either way what it would would have swayed it but I mean obviously. I mean, there's the big catch on the sideline and the big fumble, uh, which both went against K-State. Um, right. The catch on the sideline, I thought, was not the correct call. I did not think that was a catch for Baylor. Uh, the fumble that they overturned, uh, the it, K-State was on defense. K-State were, uh, I think I believe it was a strip sack. K-State uh, recovered that fumble. They went back and said his knee was down. I do believe that was the correct call. What, what was your opinion on both those calls? that uh, the officiating crews had to go into the booth and, and review. No, I agree with you on that 100%. The, the uh, sack strip, yeah, the knee was down. That was the right call. But the sideline catch, I'm with you. And a lot of people, even announcers, they were focusing on the foot and the catch on the ground. But the in between, if you look at the play, 
And as he, the, the first attempt on the catch, he double clutches it. Yep. So he doesn't have control of the ball when the foot is down. And then as he goes down, he gains control after the fact that he falls. So, but he never had control of the ball um, while the, when the foot was down. So in my eyes, that was not a catch and they got it wrong, you know? And it's one of those things they could see the ball moving and they see him double clutch it. But I, I, my understanding is they were looking more at the foot and the finality of the catch when he goes to the ground rather than what happened in between. So I, I agree with you on both of those. It was not a catch. And that was and it was not a fumble. So yeah, I agree with you on both of those. Yeah, Drew Wiley getting the personal foul early in the game, which was a horrible call. Uh, oh my god, he got pushed into <laughs> a Baylor a Baylor offensive player. Um, I, I believe it was Cleet Duke with the roughing the roughing the passer, which definition of the rule probably accurate. Just you know, that's a 50-50 call that went against K State, and I thought it was a little ticky tacky. But um, yeah, right. I, I'm with you. Never going to blame K State or going to blame the officials for. For a ball game, there was plenty of errors on Kansas State's part uh, that could have been corrected in order to win this ball game. But still, I don't know. I, I'm to the they need to put those officials up on a podium after the ball game. They need to let yeah. the media ask them, "What were you thinking?" And, and and I'm I'm cool with officials admitting there. I mean, no one's perfect, but there yeah. needs to be some sort of um, accountability where it's just like, hey. You know, and, and I'm sure, and I know there is. I mean, they're they're getting graded, you know, behind the scenes, and if they miss too many bad, you know, too many bad calls, they don't have a job anymore. So I know there's right. some sort of accountability on the back end by the NCAA and the conference, but uh, right. I think there needs to be some sort of public uh, accountability where we get to say, hey, what was going through your mind? What were you seeing? You know, because yeah. I'd love to ask, hey, how was that catch on the sideline catch? Like, what, what are, are you calling that possession? Because I do not see that as possession. Right. Right. And, no, I'm with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of times, you know, and I, I get it. It's a tough job, and and I'm not knocking officials for what they do because, but when, but like I've heard the old saying, they get paid to do a job, and if you get paid to do a job, do it to your best ability. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not going to let it slide because you have to make so many calls. But that's the expectation that you accepted when you said, "Hey, I want to be an official." You got to understand, this is a heated sport. It's a bang bang sport. They do have things in place to help you out. But there's a time to, there's a time when you have to take accountability for some of the bad calls. You can't make a knee jerk decision. Um, like like I you know I'm a fan of reviewing penalties as well. But like the situation when Wiley got pushed, that's blatant. You know, and I can see Coach Kleiman arguing. I can see Wiley arguing say, "Hey, I got pushed." An official they can go over and look and see. Okay, he did get pushed. Sorry, was that a uh, not a penalty? Pick the flag up, move on. It takes less than a minute to do that. You know, yep. and it's one of those things. Some things need to be interjected. It's frustrating. Thankfully, the defense held up and it didn't lead to points, but it could have easily led to points. And uh, it's one of those situations where some things have to change. But like you said, I'm not blaming the officials in case they made a lot of mistakes uh, down down during the game that could have been game changers. And we did this. We didn't finish. We didn't finish in a lot of situations. Yeah. Well, one more note, and then we'll get off the official bashing. But I mean, my biggest frustration too is the NFL seems to have it much better than college. Uh, the games go faster, the quarters are longer, and it seems like there are less missed calls uh, or l- less bad calls in the college level. And, I mean, I know the dollar signs are bigger in the NFL, but they're not that much bigger. There's still plenty of dollar signs in college football. Uh, there's still plenty of money to pay people well, and uh, I-, I just don't understand how they cannot get good officials for the Power 5 level 
uh, game in and game out. There's got to be enough of them. It's not that hard. Um, they're blatant to us. I mean, I guess I've never, you know, been on the field trying to call a game. Um, but from the from the press box and, and from the videos, from the TV view, I mean, some of them are just horrible. And it's just yeah. drives you nuts. And it, it's frustrating as a player and it's frustrating as a fan. And, and I'm the last one to call, you know, call Wolf when it comes to um, officials. I usually think most games are called relatively decent. A few, call, a few missed calls both ways. But this one was just... The worst I've seen in a while. I think we've had a couple. Yeah. I can't remember. There was another game earlier where we just, you know, bad officiating yeah. on, on, on both ends and maybe COVID's affecting them as well. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll have an outcome, but i just love to see a cleaner officiated game on both ends. It just leads to better football. Um, plenty of mistakes on both sides of the ball. We'll start on the offense, uh, mainly just because I like offense better as an offensive guy. Will Howard, what'd you see from him? What'd you like about him? What'd you not like about him? Nine for 18, 88 yards passing for the stat line. I think his QBR was like 40 something, 44, 45, somewhere around there. So not a great, uh, not a great performance in the passing game from Will Howard, but kind of what were your overall thoughts of him? You know, I, I, I'm, I try to support the young man and, and coming out, you know, the first couple of series we had, he looked scared, man. He looked rattled. He didn't look sure of himself. I'm not sure what, if it was a rain or what, he overthrew a couple of balls. His feet weren't set. Um, he didn't look confident, you know. As the game went on, he picked up a little bit. He, uh, the touchdown he do, uh, threw the deuce was a great pass. He threw it on a rope, uh, dropped a dime, and, and and that's what he's capable of. But uh, right now, I think his confidence is just shook. He doesn't look um, comfortable back there in the pocket. Uh, like you said, I think a lot of them are rushed. And, and I don't know if it's that he knew that they had a makeshift O-line or what was going on, but he didn't look confident. You know, it's one of those situations where you got to understand, hey, regardless of the situation, you are the leader and you have to find a way to make things happen on offense. And, you know, if I graded him out, you know how we get graded, you know how you get graded. I would have graded him maybe at a C, maybe at a C. True. You're more generous than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, like I said that, that's a big maybe. That's yeah, a big maybe. Maybe a C. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's he's young. I mean, so, which we, you know, obviously everyone in America knows that. Um, he, he seems to, he gets rattled a little bit, but I, I love the kid's fire. I mean, he came out, uh, you know, threw a pick early on in that ball game and then bounced right back. So I, I like his demeanor. I, I like, you know, I like what's going on between his between his ears in regards to, um, you know, just his attitude and his, his ability to, you know, shake things off. But I just haven't seen anything else that gets me real excited about him. Um, I mean, his arm strength is fine. I can't imagine, you know, you, there's not a hundred of those guys with his arm in America. Uh, and, and so I guess th- this leads me to the kind of the – I'm leading into this, but I'm really excited to see Jake Rubley and him compete next year for that starting quarterback position, assuming Skyler leaves. Obviously, if Skyler comes back, uh, you know, I think that's Skyler's job, no questions asked. Uh, from anyone so we'll see that battle in two years but we've seen some tweets from Jake Rubley in the last couple weeks that uh, have been pro K-State have been pro looking forward to being there pro can't wait to play with you uh, to, to some with some of his teammates so I'm excited about that battle I have watched uh, full disclosure I have watched zero minutes of Jake Rubley film I know nothing about the kid other than what I read online about him um, but it looks like from what we've been told he's 
He's a great quarterback, and Will Howard, as good as he's been, um, he's won us a couple ball games. He's lost us a couple ball games, and I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm just not excited about Will as I, as, I, as much as I was. So um, hopefully that he'll prove me wrong. Hopefully uh, the more playing time he gets, the more practice time he gets, he will the game will slow down for him, and he can become a much uh, more efficient quarterback. But right now, I mean. I, I, I just I can't imagine that kid even in three or four years leading us, uh, you know, to 10, 11 win, win seasons, which I think is what the goal is for everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, and and I hope it works out for him regardless of what happens. I know he seems like a team player, and he seems like he wants to be here. And if he gets beat out, if he gets beat out next year, he he can sit or he can change position. You know, it's one of those things where um, it's an opportunity. You know, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete, you find a way. But my thing is, um, I, I don't know, like I said, I can't see him being our guy for the future, you know, and he can prove me wrong. You know, he can prove me wrong. And if he did, great. I will say, hey, I was wrong. Thank you. Let's roll. But right now, I'm not buying that he is the guy to lead K-State to a possible 10 or 11 win season moving forward, especially in a competitive Big 12 where you got stud quarterbacks from top to bottom at every team. You know, even KU's quarterback, um, he's, a, he's an athletic kid and he has a bright future. And it's one of those things where you have to have a quarterback that can lead the team to compete here in the Big 12. So who knows? We'll see. You know, right now, um, things don't look very promising, but uh, I got confidence and faith in the coaching staff and trust that they're recruiting. And hopefully guys can stay healthy and guys stop transferring and guys that do come want to be here. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's my, not maybe my issue, but I, I just, as much as I love Skyler, great kid, great dude. But like, to me, like, that's the, like, that's the, I don't want anyone worse than Skyler as our quarterback, as, as an upper class. Exactly. I mean, Skyler's exactly. fine. He, he's fine. He's, he's good. But, I mean, you just – I mean, we see some of these, you know, Purdy and Ellinger and whoever oh. freaking OU decides to bring up every single year that's a five-star. <laughs> and it's like yeah, exactly. everyone else gets great quarterbacks. Why can't we yeah. go find great quarterbacks? And, and I guess that's right. where my frustration comes from. And, and Skyler's great, and he's a team player, and I think Will's a team player, and these are all great dudes. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. and if that's what we get, that's what we get. And you gotta, you know, you gotta play with the cards you're dealt. And these guys, these kids get better too. So um, not not saying they're not gonna improve, but um, I don't want anyone worse than Skylar Thompson. I mean, that, that's to me that that's the baseline. And we need to find quarterbacks that are better than Skylar because he does a good job of delivering the ball. He's kind of like your your Alex Smith of the NFL. He gets the ball where it needs to be. He's a good leader. Um, he, he does a nice job. But I want playmakers that can go out and win you ball games and. Um, and win your ball games when you need it, and make those tight throws, and, and get it done with the legs um, if they need to. So I guess maybe that's where I'm, I'm raising my expectations a little bit, um, and and I think Kansas State fan base has done that as well. So hopefully um, we'll see. At the end of the day, these guys just got to get you know if you can get a little bit better every day, you went, you wind up pretty good in, in two, three, four years when you're in a program. Um, all right, Monty Spiller, offensive coordinator for Kansas State Wildcats. Um, <laughs> Last drive, got to what would you need? Probably two first downs, two or yeah. three first downs uh, to run the clock out. And what is your play call on first down? First down, I'm running the ball, which is fine. I'm running the ball. I am bringing in a fullback, or I am putting um, uh, double tights. We're coming in with we're coming in with some run blockers. Not. I'm taking receivers out of the fold. I, I don't care if they know we're, we're running the ball, but I'm bending some big bodies on there. Try to get two, two to three yards. If I get three yards, that's a success. Yep. You know what I mean? Second down, I'm going play action. Hold up, but hold I'm up, hold up. You, you running the ball with uh, with Deuce Vaughn or Harry Trotter or Will Howard? Who's getting who's getting the ball? Either Trotter or Deuce, because okay. both of them are. Deuce is strong. 
But Trotter's a little, he, Trotter ran the ball well. So I'll go back to Trotter because he's been leaning forward. He'll give you a good two, three yards. You know, good ball security. He, he's, he's trustworthy. Uh, we either barter as a lead blocker or somebody as a lead blocker, but I'm giving the ball to the back, not the quarterback. You know, it's one of those things. Yep. Second down, I'm coming. Like I said, I'm going to play action, but I'm rolling the pocket. And you roll the pocket because Baylor likes to bring pressure, but it gives Will a chance to see what's happening downfield, not worry about standing in the pocket. But if the if the, the pass isn't there, he can run the ball. Tuck it and go. He don't have to worry about trying to get upfield and, and get yards after the pocket collapse. Tuck it and go. He's mobile. Give him a chance. You know, roll the pocket. Give him two or three level passes. If nothing's open, tuck it and go, and you, you're third and short. Give yourself a chance. All right. I like it. And we're at third and one. What's the play call? Sure. Third and one. I'm hard counting and see what they got. Get some motion. Kind of so they can kind of let me know are they a man or they zone what are they running against me you know how many in the box you know what I'm saying I go there I move the bo- move the pocket a little bit uh, have a receiver in motion uh, motion tight end flip sides kind of make them sh- show what they got once they we see what they got then we go at it based on what they give us we got to have a, a call a place you got to have audible in place make them reveal what they're doing you can't just go hike the ball and not have them show what they give them because at that point they dictating what's happening and you're not but run run play right is that what it sounds like yeah exactly yeah all right yeah i mean assuming they're 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 gonna make you run it or they're gonna make each other running um so oh yeah all right right. i'm I'm cool with that i know there's a lot of criticism for uh coach mess's play calling there on that last drive and um i don't know i'm fine with it it you know i get questions all the time like why'd they run this play and i was like well if it goes for four yards it's a good play and you know it went for one so it's like it's not it wasn't a horrible play it just wasn't executed correctly or um, I, I'm with you as much as I like, as much as I like Deuce, um, you know, he, at the end of the day, he, he's little, he, he's, if he gets contacted behind the line of scrimmage, he's not, he, most of the time he's not falling forward for three yards. And in those situations, like you mentioned, those three yards are so important. If you can just get three yards at the win, three yards at the win, um, I'm probably going First down, I'm probably going quarterback run game. I like quarterback run game. I, honestly, I love quarterback run game all the time. I just know we, yeah, can't, we just can't kill our quarterbacks. So, um, But when it comes down to it, when it comes down, you know, use that running back as an extra blocker, put in Harry Trotter, um, allow him to be a, a blocker up the middle. Um, allow, you know, even if it's a big stalemate, uh, you know, I, I trust Will Howard to – dive his head in there and, you know, get some big law offensive linemen just pushing the pile and, and he's going to end up three or four yards uh, with that extra blocker. So I'm probably going quarterback run game, depending on that, on that goes. Um, hopefully you can keep the ball on the ground. If you don't get any yardage, um, I'm with you. You, you got to find a way to, uh, you know, to get a base, you know, whether it's naked boot or, or, or rushing the, or, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, whatever they call it nowadays, but uh, rolling the pocket, get, getting out of the pocket just to have a little pass run option there by the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, see where you're at on third down and, and try to ha- ha- keep a play call on the play sheet that you haven't called all, ha- haven't called all game that they haven't seen, um, that, that you like your matchups and you like your schemes and uh, and keep that one in your back pocket for, for situations like that. So, um, but no, I, I always give OCs grace and benefit of the doubt. It's, <laughs> they look bad when the plays don't work, but if if they if you know K State's ran the ball well all day, if they rip off a twelve yeah. yard gain, no one thinks twice about it. So exactly, exactly. So yeah, um, you know it's one it's one of, and like I said, but it's it's easier said than done. And like I was watching it, jumping off off t- topic, I was watching the Chiefs game, and like when Andy Reid said, you have a quarterback like Mahomes, 
you can roll the pocket and know that he's going to make a play. Yep. You know what I mean? It's easy to get them done. When you have a quarterback like that, like a Colin Murray, um, like the kid from uh, Oklahoma, you, you, you have a little more confidence that, hey, my guy's going to make a play. I can move the pocket. But when your confidence is not there, the O-line hasn't been blocking great, you kind of have to be smart about what you want to do. And uh, trust, if you don't get the first down, punt it and hope the defense can hold. And that's what K-State did. They yep. punt it and hope the defense can hold, and obviously we didn't. So Yeah, no, and that's what – I mean, at the end of the day, they ran the ball pretty well and they passed the ball pretty poorly all day. So I, I don't mind the I don't mind leaning on the run game or trying to lean on the run game. It didn't work, but um, obviously you're dealing with clock and all sorts of uh, other factors. And at the end of the day, you got to find a way to get three or four yards. And if you can't do that, you probably don't deserve to win the ball game. So um, Trump, looking here, anyone else on offense? Uh, nice to see Malik Knowles back. He had a decent game, a little bit of production, t- t- touchdown there, and a nice return, I believe. Um, trying to think defensively, other than Drew Wiley's horrible call, if anything's sticking out for me. Um, other no, than the, the, yeah, defense played okay. Um, you know, while the D line played great, they they got pressure. You know, they yep, did they what did. they supposed. They, they had what seven sacks, eight sacks, I think it was. Um, we were close to a, a school, a team record for in a game, but we had at least seven or eight stacks. So that's that's saying a lot. But um, I think also AJ Parker, he's been inconsistent. You know, they moved from outside to inside, and a lot of people who never played nickelback don't understand how difficult that position is because you you're on a slot receiver, which has a two way go, which is normally the shiftiest player on the team you're going against, and then you have to be a run stopper because if they crack block, you got to replace and you got to take on this big running backs or athletic quarterback and, and AJ Parker played a great job, great game. And he continues to do a good job, but I think, uh, and then McPherson, you know, he's a heavy hitter. He's came up and made some plays as well. Uh, and green made some plays. He, he, he showed at times where he was capable, but we've got to be consistent, you know, but as a whole defense wasn't bad, but they weren't great. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the biggest thing about the defense, I thought they played, you know, relatively well, um, you know, other than giving up 32 points, which is, you know, kind of that happy medium. If you hold them under 30, you got a good chance to win. If they if they score more than 30, you know, you're in for a shootout. Yeah. So um, yeah. tackling was my biggest thing. This team tackled pretty well um, early on in the season. It just, for whatever reason, against Baylor, it, it didn't – they didn't tackle very well. I think a lot of that, too, has to come to, you know, it always looks bad when you got a one-on-one situation in space and the defensive back looks like an idiot. Um, you know, to, so to avoid that, you need good, you need everyone else around, you know, the guy who missed the tackle looks like an idiot, but if you can have two or three guys around that ball carrier, um, then that doesn't give him the option to, to put the, put the moves on you and and you're not in quite as big a space. So I think that's the biggest thing is it seems like guys are maybe out of position a little more than normal. Um, they weren't, I don't think it was an effort thing. It's not like they weren't flying to the ball. It was more just like, how does that guy have that much space? Where's the, you know, the second third line of defense? Um, yeah. in regards to that. So, I mean, I don't know what the, the answer is to that, whether it's a scheme thing or, you know, and don't, you know, to give Baylor credit, they got some dudes with uh, pretty good athleticism, pretty good size that RJ Sneed um, had a heck of a game. Josh Flex had a yeah. heck of a game. Um, they had yeah. three or four guys that uh, <clears throat> would start on Kansas State wide receiver course. So whatever, whatever high schools those Baylor coaches are going into, uh, K-State needs to find out which high schools those are and uh, try to get in there. Um, right. Anything else on Baylor? Um, obviously a heartbreaker. Bad, bad third quarter was probably the difference there. Bad third quarter by us. Great third quarter by Baylor. Um, anything else on Baylor before we move on to Texas? 
No, not really, man. It was a game that we should have won. Um, and I truly believe that because, you know, I think we outplayed them. Uh, we definitely outplayed them the first half. Second half, they made some adjustments. They went to empty a lot and ran a lot of mesh routes. And we didn't adjust. I don't know if it's because we didn't have the personnel to adjust or because we just didn't adjust uh, from a coaching standpoint. But they 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 won the second half, and, and, and that's what counts, you know. And when you can win the second half, especially when it's a tight game like that, they found a way and that they got the win. You know, it's one of the situations where um, I hate I hate losing and I hate losing to Baylor, and it's one of those things where I am. I never thought I would hear myself say this, but I'm excited to get this season over with because it has <laughs> yep. been a, it has been a cluster, you know. So yep. enough about Baylor. Let's move on to Texas. <laughs> yep, Texas. How you feeling about it overall? You know, I watched that game against them in uh, Iowa State, and you know, Texas Texas offense doesn't scare me. Now, Texas defense, those do scare me. They play fast and physical. And Texas, you know, me growing up in Dallas, I, I understand the the, um, the swagger of the University of Texas, the confidence of the Texas, their alumni. I get it because I grew up around it. And I, I said to myself, these dudes on defense look like what I was accustomed to of seeing as a child what Texas put out their year in and year out. Defensive-wise, they got some dudes out there that can play. Uh, they, they looked the part and they, they played the part. You know, they the linebackers, the D linemen, they fly to the ball, you know. And the offense, you know, Ellinger's gonna get his, but the offense don't scare me like they they had they have in the past. But defensive wise, they look good. And I know Iowa State got rolling late and they had some some bang bang plays that got them back in the game. But for the most part, if you watch that game, Texas was dominating early and often. And in the, the you know, late Iowa State kind of did what Baylor did to us. They, they flipped the script on them and, and found a way to get the win, you know what I mean? And they made stops when they counted. But you know, it should be interesting. I think K-State will make it closer than people think. But my concern is we – I don't know if we can run the ball against them, but Texas is a speed rush team. They got some uh, some hogs up front, some horses on the D-line. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking earlier. I mean, I don't know what level, you know, if Texas plays their best football and K-State plays their best football, then Texas probably wins that one. So I don't know. Does B-minus Texas football versus A-plus K-State football, does that end up in a win? Um, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. But I don't know. I'm a little scared of Sam Ellinger. He's, he's pretty good. So, um, yeah. And, I mean, but, yeah, no, their defense is, is stat. You know how it is playing against them. They got so many dudes oh, yeah. on the other side of the ball. And that's my biggest worry is they see an offense that's not real dangerous, not real um, scary. I mean, those defense, you know how it is on the defense. Those guys are going to be licking their chops. They're going to be, oh yeah, you know, they're oh, they're yeah. going to be they're going to be hunting for stats. They're going to be hunting for sacks. And you know, these these are those games where you can you can get two two or three sacks and make your make your stats look real good. Um, and, and those guys and and that motivates them to play hard. Uh, which you know is crazy to believe, but you know you should play hard every down. But a lot of times uh, you need that little extra motivation to uh, to get you extra fired up. So I don't know. I, I, obviously, I don't know what the line was. I'm sure it was pretty decent, but um, K State's gonna have, you know gonna have to play their best ball. They're gonna maybe have to hope that te- Texas isn't playing for much. I think that's kind of the big kicker here um, is that you know they're not playing for a Big Twelve conference. Uh, t- opportunity um, should be cold on Saturday morning. So Kansas State has a few things going for it, but I just don't. I mean, that the, the talent gap is is pretty large. Um, unfortunately, I think Coach Kleiman, you know Taylor Brad, they're trying to shorten that gap, 
Um, but right now, I just think that talent gap without, uh, you know, a Skylar Thompson is, uh, is, is honestly, it's just too much. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be, I think it, it'll be a good game. It's not going to be like an Iowa State blowout. I, I don't think uh, anything like that. But I, I think Texas probably wins by, uh, I don't know, two, three scores uh, when it's all said and yeah. done. Yeah, I'm predicting Texas up maybe one by 10, you know, and I think our yeah. kids, been a home game, senior day per se, uh, a lot of pride. I think our kids understand that too. And and I think we have, like, when we lost to Baylor, they understand we're not playing for anything else anymore. But uh, just the pride of the team and, and see how you finish and some guys going to be competing for spots next year and moving forward because, you know, it's, this is the first time in, in my knowledge where anybody can come back next year. So nothing's guaranteed yeah. and guys can compete for spots. So if I'm a guy that's thinking about coming back, and I'm playing, I want to compete for my spot, and this is still a showcase moving forward. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be super weird seeing guys come back next year that were already seniors. Um, last trivial question, then we'll wrap up here. Uh, Kansas State, 4-5, and five, heading into Texas. So let's maybe just – I hate to assume a loss, but let's just pretend after the Texas game with Texas being favored, Kansas State Wildcats are 4-6 and six after the end of the season. With a healthy Skylar Thompson, what does that team team's record show at the end of the season? Seven and three. Seven and three. All right. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'd say six and four, seven and three. I think I see at least two games for sure. Um, yeah. Baylor being one of them. Um, I think Iowa State's closer. I think West Virginia's closer. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I see. I think they probably knock off Texas this weekend with, with a healthy Skylar Thompson. So I, I hate to. Yeah. Put it all on one dude's shoulders and, and Will Howard or Skylar Thompson's shoulders, but it's like that quarterback position is just so important. And um, yeah. as you know, you know you you can find holes on defense, you can plug guys in and 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 uh, you know and help them out, but you don't win a lot of ball games with 88, 88 yards passing. So um, yeah, the season that could have been <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's that's twenty twenty for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel bad for Skylar, and, and these reps are invaluable for Will. You know he's. He's doing everything his coaches are asking to. The game, and to that's what I'm hoping. Just the game's going too fast for him. I'm hoping with an off season of prep. Um, yeah, let's not remember. You know, his off season was not near the off season it should have been. So he's coming oh, in probably definitely. like how most quarterbacks leave spring ball. That's probably how right. he's feeling right now on his uh, on his uh, you know just playbook and whatnot. So um, wrap it up. Anything else for me? No, man. That's about it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a realist, but I'm optimistic as well. And uh. I'm cheering on the Cats. I'll be watching them nice and early 11 o'clock uh, kickoff, and yep. I'm hoping for a win. Hoping yep. for a win. You and me both. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm optimistic, but I'm also a realist. So I know, uh, you know, we're outmatched, but that's why they play the game. I, I've seen worse teams beat better teams. We'll put it that way. So uh, that's why we play the game. I got uh, full confidence in Coach Kleiman and his staff to get the boys riled up, get them prepared as best they can, and uh, go out there and, and play hard, play with effort. That's all we can ask as a fan base is that the kids keep playing hard. Once they start not playing hard, then I get real mad. So um, for now, we're just slightly frustrated, um, but we're still optimistic. We're still proud of our boys, and uh, we're still excited for not only Texas, but just an offseason um, and hopefully a 2021 season where uh, things are much, much normal. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.